Yeah, yeah. Ball so hard, you better believe me, it's scary. It's basketball at the bar with Calvin and Barry. So put a tip in the jar, cause these dudes can really fill it up. Whether it's buckets you need enough just a beer in a cup. We're here for fresh conversations. Got some delicious libations. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the notifications. My boys, got you covered like you being guarded by pay. From the glove to the cloth and everyone else in between. Calvin and Barry got everything that you need. So sit back, relax, because we're starting the show. It's basketball at the bar. Grab your drinks and let's go. Yeah, yeah. Grab a drink and let's go. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the notifications. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the notifications. Let's get it. What up, ballers? Welcome to Basketball at the Bar. Join us live every weekday for the best NBA podcast here on YouTube, where the takes are hot and the drinks are cold. There's no dress code, and you can take us wherever you go. So pull up a stool, drop a like, and don't forget to subscribe. This is Basketball at the Bar. Grab your drinks, and let's go, Calvin. Let's go. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. Happy hump day. Happy uh, May the 4th be with you. Or yes. Is that a happy day? Or, or Oh, it's a very happy May day. May the 4th be with you? I, I don't really know how it goes. But it's a very happy day. We're definitely going to be watching some Star Wars movies tonight after the NBA playoffs. But welcome in, everybody. Welcome, welcome, and happy hump day. Uh, we have an awesome show for you guys all today. We're going to be giving some injury updates on guys like uh, Peyton. We're going to talk about the Miami Heat. We're going to recap both games from yesterday, then we're going to give some previews on today's games, and then we will end the show, as always, with Q&A. You guys, the Barflies, we're here, we're having fun, and we're ready to talk about some basketball, right, Cal? Oh, yeah, always ready to talk basketball. So, first off, real quick, before we jump into everything, favorite game to watch yesterday? Well, I think it's got to be the Memphis Golden State game, right? I mean that the Boston Milwaukee game was over almost before it started. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And uh, I'm not gonna lie, I picked Milwaukee in that game, and they just simply—I think you picked them by 12 points. Yeah, actually. I did. I did, and they didn't Bold even show move, up. Bold move, Cotton. Bold move. Yeah, even even the pros pick them wrong, guys. Even the <laughs> pros pick them wrong. What's up, Mike? Good to see you here. We have your Mavs playing today. I know you're excited about that. We'll see how many threes uh, Maxi Kleba can make today, huh? Going to need every single one of them. Right. All right, Calvin. So let's start off here with injury updates. Gary Payton uh, II has a broken elbow or a fractured elbow. I don't really know the difference, but give us an update here. Well, of course, everybody's. I'm sure by now has seen the play uh, where Gary Payton is on the fast break, gets run down literally by Dylan Brooks, uh, and he did end up fracturing his elbow last night. I unfortunately know what that feels like, Barry. It is not fun at all, and uh, he is going to have an MRI today. They're hopefully going to use that to determine uh, how long he's going to be out for, but I I think it's pretty safe to assume he's going to miss considerable time here. You think he's out for the entire playoffs? Um, I won't go that far. Okay. I mean, obviously we don't know anything about will he need surgery. I'm guessing he's probably going to avoid that route. So it, it all it, we'll all wait and see how quickly he's able to mend. But it's going to be, 
I think at least a month before we can expect him to come back. Yeah, definitely a blow to the Golden State Warriors and unfortunate for him. Uh, he's been playing really, really well this season and uh, has really been a part of that lineup. We saw him start in that game. Uh, just really, really unfortunate. It's really big for the Warriors. We'll get into it later, but it, he's probably the, the only guy on this roster that can one-on-one -on -one guard John Morant, so yeah, it's a big deal. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the previous game, in Draymond Green hitting somebody in the face, and I was like, the dude could have got injured, this could have happened, he could have missed this much time. Now it seems to be flipped the other way around. We also saw Draymond Green get hit in this game, elbowed in the face. He ends up getting stitches, comes back into the game. Uh, a wild, wild game. Very wild game. Extremely physical early on. Luckily, it kind of died off at the the pure physicality. They were able to play some basketball instead. But, um, yeah, it, this series is taking a turn, hopefully not for the worst, but it's getting, yep. it's getting physical out there. And Dylan Brooks actually gets ejected on that play uh, after hitting Gary Payton. So uh, interesting to see what happens there. We didn't see any suspensions announced yet. Not sure if we will see one, but uh, something to keep an eye on. Definitely. All right, next up, we have uh, the Miami Heat, uh, Calvin's favorite team to give an injury update on. Uh, here we go, Calvin, let's do it. It's pretty much their entire roster once again, so that probably means that all of these guys are going to play. Uh, all of them are listed as day-to-day. -day. Jimmy Butler actually comes off the uh, injury report, and I'm, I don't see Kyle Lowry on here as well. We've got... I didn't see Kyle Lowry on last game's injury report either. Oh, I'm sorry. He is still listed as out for game two here. They just don't put him on the uh, the front page for the actual game cast. But okay. he is still listed as out with the hamstring. You also have Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, P.J. Tucker, and Tyler Hero all listed as day-to-day. -day. Uh, Tyler Hero now has an ankle sprain, so he's recovered from his illness, but he is still day-to-day -day, or listed as day-to-day -day with an ankle injury. I'd be pretty surprised if any of these guys uh, did not play tonight, aside from Kyle Lowry. Yeah, Philadelphia, uh, here's your chance, I guess. Any updates on Joel Embiid? No new news to report on Joel Embiid. He, of course, did not even travel to Miami, so he's not available for this game. They're still confident and hopeful that he will be back for Game 3 Uh Game four, they're hoping at the very latest when the series goes back to Philadelphia. They definitely need him. They they really need him. Uh, we'll we'll break down that game here in a little bit, but uh, not looking good for Philadelphia. All right, so moving on here. Yesterday we had two games. The first game of the day, Milwaukee travels to Boston. Game two, uh, Milwaukee did not even look ready to play this game. Boston jumps out early ahead. They lead this entire game. I think they lead by up to 26 points at one point. They end up finishing this game 109-86. Uh, I was wrong. I said Milwaukee <laughs> was winning by 12. They, I picked Milwaukee to win as well. So. They disappointed me. Uh, Jalen Brown, 30 points for him, 29 for Jason Tatum. And then Giannis is pretty much the only player on the Bucks, uh, you know, having a good game other than uh, Drew Holiday. 28 points for Giannis, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, a steal, a block, 6 turnovers, unfortunately, and then uh, 19 points, 4 rebounds, 7 assists, and 2 steals for Drew Holiday. 13 points off the bench by Pat Connington. 
And uh, Bobby Portis has 13 as well. Yeah, um, I mean, this game, we'll see if it was an aberration or, or aberration or not, right? Uh, this is a coach bud team. This is their MO. When they get into a postseason series, Coach Bud basically bets on the fact that you're not going to be able to shoot three-point shots well enough over the course of a seven-game series to beat my team. I'm going to close the paint off uh, completely and force you to take outside shots. It just so happened that the Celtics went 13 of 20 in the first half. Mm -hmm. They blew the lid off the roof here early on. Jalen Brown goes for 25 of his 30 in the first half alone. They end up shooting 20 for 43 from three for the game. Um, so, yeah, that's the question. Is <clears throat> Boston <clears throat> excuse me, going to be able to continue to shoot like that? If they do, they have a really, really good chance to win this series. Um, but I think you have to expect things to come back down to earth just a little bit. I mean, Grant Williams, 6 for 9. Jalen Brown, 6 for 10 from 3 in that game. Peyton Pritchard, 2 for 4. Will those guys step up and hit big three-point shots consistently for the rest of the series? But more importantly for Milwaukee, they really missed Chris Middleton in this game, and they need some more flow to their offense. The, the whole game was give Giannis the ball and get out of his way. Mm -hmm. He got off to a horrible start. I think he started like 2 for 11 from the field. Second half, he was much, much better. But they need to move the ball and look for more guys to get open looks um, because Giannis right now is really the only person on this team that can create his own shot. They only had 16 assists in this game. That's not going to get it done. No, and speaking of 16, they also shot 16% from three-point range, Yes, which is also not going to get it done. And you don't get a lot of assists when guys are missing wide-open three-point shots either. That's true. We all talked about the Boston Celtics and how they are great at making adjustments. Uh, you know, they lost game one. Definitely made some adjustments here. And then Milwaukee just, in my opinion, wasn't ready for this game. They started out so cold. It didn't seem like they had a game plan. They took the first punch by Boston, and then they were just kind of like, okay, what do we do now? They tried to make a run in the third quarter, also one in the fourth quarter, but they just did not have enough to even make this game close. Uh, they end up losing by 23 points in this game. The series is tied. Now it's heading back to uh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee was able to steal one game in Boston, so they officially have home court. They are the reigning champions, but it'll be interesting to see whether they can make some adjustments and some three-point shots in Game 3. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, for if you're Milwaukee, you've got to look at how you're manufacturing shots in this series. The way that Boston is playing them right now I would put Giannis in the pick and roll with with really anybody right now because the way they're defending this, and I'm talking about Giannis being the, the primary screener, they're not helping off of Giannis at all. Uh, so the lane is at times wide open for these guys if they come off of a screen set by Giannis. I think they have to keep going with that because eventually Boston will have to adjust their defense um, to where they're going to be pulling more guys in to, to help off of that drive, and that is going to open up three-point shots in the corner for guys like Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez, all those guys. So that's definitely what I would be looking for as a one tiny adjustment here for the Bucks going into game three. Yeah, yeah, they just shot 
horribly from three-point range. You and I had praised Grayson Allen and the things he's done for this Milwaukee Bucks team stepping up in the absence of Chris Middleton. 28 minutes in this game, only five points, uh, only took four shots. He, he needs to be better. Uh, they need at least a few of these guys to step up and fill the absence of Chris Middleton. And, yeah, like you said, Giannis cannot do it all by himself. He looked very tired at the end of that game. He did. He expended a lot of energy. He took a lot of hits. He was on the floor a bunch. They need to find a way to move the ball and get some offensive sets going that are going to create shots for other people because he's going to run out of steam very fast if he has to do it all by himself. Yeah, the storyline going into this game was Marcus Smart is out. What are the Boston Celtics going to do without their defensive player of the year? Uh, Is Giannis going to be able to get to the basket at will without a guy drawing charges? The Celtics were able to step up collectively as a group. Yes, it's a home game, and that does make things usually a little bit easier, uh, having the crowd on your side. But they just played a great game, and, and they deserve the win, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. Boston took it to them in this game. Thoughts on game three, Cal? Well, again, it, it comes down to me. I, I'm not, I don't expect Milwaukee to shoot 16% from three at home. I don't expect uh, the Boston Celtics to come out 13 for 20 in the first half from three either. So with both of those numbers kind of coming back to reality a little bit, the game will be much closer Uh, And it's going to come down to can Milwaukee find enough scoring outside of Giannis to keep this game a close and get enough to win. And then, yeah, for, for Boston they're they just need to continue doing what they're doing right now. Um, But they're going to be given these wide open threes, Grant Williams, uh, you know, Jalen Brown, Al Horford, they're, they're going to let these guys shoot from outside. So how many of those open shots are they going to knock down? Yeah, that was going to be my next question for you. Uh, Boston shot incredibly well from three-point range in this game, almost 47%. As you mentioned, they're going to be getting those shots throughout this series. The question is, can they continue to make them? We know they have two amazing scorers on their team in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, but our guys like Grant Williams going to be able to step up regularly. Uh, Marcus Smart is out. I know he's struggled at times from three-point range he's also shot incredibly well at times from three-point range so overall Calvin do you feel like the Celtics can rely on their three-point shot and win this series against the Bucks, or do they need to mix it up and do some other things as well I think they definitely need to mix it up I mean you look at they made 23 point shots in game two yesterday and uh 17 of them came from either Jason Tatum Jalen Brown or Grant Williams now, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are really good scorers. They're good shooters as well. So can they come out and have another, you know, a 40% to above game from three? Yeah, they can because they're great players. Uh, but I think that they, it, they definitely need to make sure that they're trying to get some shots inside as well, trying to, to get shots in the paint at the rim. It's very difficult to do against this defense. But if you're not even looking at the rim – Mm-hmm. When you pet, when you drive into the lane, you're just expecting to kick out to that corner or the wing for an open three. Eventually, the Bucks have really good defenders. They're going to start realizing that. They're going to anticipate those passes, and a few of them are probably going to get picked off. So the answer is 
Yes and no. I, I think Boston is capable of having more good outside shooting games. I don't expect it to be as good as this one. Yep. But they need to make sure that they're also trying to get some good looks inside, some fouls on Giannis inside so they can get to the free throw line because they need a little bit of balance. It can't be all or nothing on the three-point line. Yeah, and definitely not having Chris Middleton out there uh, helps the Boston Celtics with getting some of these open three-point shots. Uh, Chris Middleton, as we know, is one of the best uh, perimeter defenders in the NBA uh, and a great shooter as well. The Bucks are definitely missing him at this point. They really, really are. All right, here. Let's move on to game two. This was a very, very exciting game, a very, very physical game. Uh, we saw multiple guys leave this game injured. Uh, I don't know if you were watching uh, the news last night, but did you see what happened to Dave Chappelle? I did. We saw another that. guy leaving a stretcher with a broken <laughs> arm. Uh, it's almost like he was playing in this game, too, because we saw multiple people leave this game. We saw Draymond Green leave this game after getting elbowed to the face. He ended up, uh, uh, ends up with stitches, comes back in the game. We see Dylan Brooks fouls uh, Gary Payton, who ends up fracturing his elbow. Uh, it's a wild game. This reminded me of kind of the old school Memphis Grizzlies team with Zebo and Marcus Saul. For me, they were like, we're going to come out. We're going to be more physical in this game. After what Draymond Green did to us in game one, uh, where he started out trying to be the physical aggressor, he ends up getting ejected in that game. Well, in this game, the Grizzlies end up getting ejected or one of them, and they end up winning this game. They definitely threw the Warriors off uh, shooting-wise with their physicality. Uh, we also got to see Draymond Green leaving the court, flipping off the fans in Memphis. It was an yep. overall exciting game, but Memphis wins 106-101 over the Golden State Warriors. John ja Morant, 47 points in this game. He becomes the third player in NBA history to have multiple 47-point games. Uh, 45 point. Or, sorry, 45-point games in, uh, what is it, the first two rounds of the playoffs? Before the age of 23. 20, 22 or 23. 23. Yeah, and I think the other two to do it were LeBron and Jordan, right? So yeah. yeah. Pretty, it's a pretty good list to be Pretty on. incredible. What were your thoughts on the game, Cal? Really exciting game. As you mentioned, very, very physical. John Morant was spectacular in the fourth quarter once again and in clutch time. I think he had 15 points in clutch time just himself compared to 12 for the Warriors he scores 18 points in the fourth quarter really wills them to a to a victory here and they needed it badly because they could not afford to go back to San Francisco down 0-2 that being said though I'm still feeling pretty good if I'm the Warriors with the position I'm in if you look at the numbers last night, they only shot 18% from three, and they had 18 turnovers in this game. Those are very unwarrior-like numbers. But then you look closer at the team stats. <clears throat> they out-rebounded Memphis by five. Memphis was the number one rebounding team in the NBA. Mm -hmm. They had 10 more assists than Memphis did in this game, 27 to 17. And they outscored Memphis in the paint 60-42, to 42, another category that Memphis led the NBA in this year. They, Memphis almost gave this game away at the end in yep. the fourth quarter. Just like so, game one. 
Yeah, John Morant played phenomenally. They're a young team. They want all the smoke, all that stuff. It's mm-hmm. very apparent. But if I'm Golden State, I've been here before. I did exactly what I needed to do in splitting the first two games on the road. Now we get to go back to San Francisco for games three and four. I'm feeling pretty good about where I'm at if I'm the Warriors. Obviously, the injury to Gary Payton hurts them. Um, but I, Memphis, I don't think, should be feeling maybe quite as good as they are right now. Yeah, I mean, it's a young team. They just got a win over a, a very experienced Golden State Warriors team uh, who's looking pretty healthy at this point. You know, they're missing Steven Adams. Uh, I think he's still out with COVID. He definitely helps them with rebounding. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. fouled out in this game with only seven rebounds. John Morant is the guy that did it for them. So much isolation for him. Yes, he had eight assists in this game, but late in the game, he basically took it upon himself to win this game. I think that's the reason why the Warriors led in assists in this game. Those assist numbers were so off because John Morant, you know, when you get 47 points yourself, you take 31 shots and 13 free throws in this game, you basically put it on your back that you're going to do it. And that's exactly what he did. They got the win in this game because of him missing Dylan Brooks. He only played three minutes in this game before getting ejected after that hard foul. Only five points for Desmond Bain. Uh, This, I I get what you're saying here, and I'm a little mixed on this victory too, right? Like, I think that they've kind of exposed Golden State in the fact that if we're more physical – we can push them off of their game and make them not look like the Warriors, right? But at the same time, you lost game one by one point. John Morant missed the layup. You only won this game by five. Uh, I would be a little concerned heading back into Golden State, but at the same time, if I'm Memphis, I'm looking at the stat sheet here, and I'm saying, okay, Jaron Jackson, I, I need you to, to stay out of foul trouble. We need you here on the court more. Uh, I need more out of guys like Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks. I need you available as well. Not sure if we're going to be getting Steven Adams back here. Maybe he will have some uh, effect on them in certain situations. Maybe not starting the game, but you know, just having him available definitely helps your team. Um, but I think for them, the one thing they learned from this game is they need to be more physical than the Warriors, and that gives them an opportunity to win these games. Yeah, I I think you're you make a good point about the physicality, but again, if I'm Golden State, this is what I'm going to counter with. The Warriors have played in a ton of playoff games, mm-hmm. a ton of big playoff games. They played against physical teams before. This is not the first time. Mm-hmm. It's just the first time in a while, maybe. So, like a you know heavyweight boxer, they took some pretty good punches in this game. I think they respond very well from that i have more trust in the warriors being able to respond to something like that than you know if it were to be the other way around or, or something like that because of memphis's uh inexperience so and if i'm the warriors i'm looking at john morant in these first two games he's been huge for them right like he's been everything mm-hmm. but nobody else has really done much jaron jackson jr had a great game one draymond green only plays 17 minutes in that game Desmond Bain has been the Grizzlies, in my opinion, the Grizzlies' most consistent player throughout the whole course of the playoffs. 
He hasn't done much at all in this series. Clay yep. Thompson, I think, is doing an underrated job covering him right now. And <clears throat> John Morant, 5 of 12 from 3 in Game 2 last night. That's better than 40%. In the six or se- uh, seven previous playoff games before that, he shot a combined 25% from 3. Mm-hmm. So it's just like the Boston Celtics. Do you trust that John ja Morant's going to continue to shoot that well from three? If I'm the Warriors, probably not. So again, going back home, series tied 1-1, I'm feeling pretty good. How important is game three for you? You know, most people talk about game three is, is generally the most important game of the series, especially when it's tied 1-1. It's going back here to Golden State. The Warriors shot horrendously in this game uh you know they shot 18 percent from three-point range not something we expect out of the golden state warriors however if they shoot bad like this again in game three what does that mean well, it means they're in a slump right <laughs> i mean I, I don't know what other way to put it we're, we're talking about the greatest shooters of all time here mm-hmm. so if you're asking me, do I have confidence that these guys are going to come out and shoot better than 18% at home? Uh, absolutely, I do. Yeah. Absolutely, I do. But if they do shoot bad again in Game 3, are you a little worried? Because maybe Memphis has stumbled upon something here of being physical with these guys. The crazy thing is is looking at these numbers, you know, in the third and fourth quarters, Steph Curry was wide open for a bunch of these threes. Exactly. And that actually, is exactly what I was going to say. And actually made some of these threes. If it wasn't for those wide open threes in that game and that lucky bank shot three, which I know he didn't call bank on that, yeah. uh, but it's Steph Curry. He's going to make it anyways. If it wasn't for those, these numbers would have looked even worse. So if Memphis can remain physical, if the Warriors have another bad shooting game, are you kind of looking at the team if you're Steve Kerr of like, okay, we need to change something up here. We need to do something. I know we have all this championship experience, but we haven't been in the playoffs in a while. Clay Thompson's coming back from serious injuries. He played well in round one, but he hasn't looked the same in these first two games. Uh, maybe I need to change something up here. Um, no, I, I don't think I'm quite there yet. I mean, you're right about game three. Anytime a series is tied, the next game, whether it's game three or game five, it's incredibly important, right, to get that advantage. Um, You know, the numbers speak for themselves, how Mm -hmm. often or percentage-wise a team goes on to win the series after winning that pivotal game when the series is tied. So, yeah, of course it's important. Um, But, again, you know, I've got Steph Curry and Clay Thompson on this team they're getting, in my opinion, shots that they they like from three. Yeah. And I'm really encouraged by the fact that we're outscoring Memphis in the paint. We're out-rebounding them. We're playing smaller than them. Mm-hmm. All of those things, I think, are going to add up over the course of a seven-game series. So the shooting, it, if you continue to struggle shooting, you can shoot your way out of a series. You can shoot your way back into a series. But, again, if I'm the Warriors, I've got to feel pretty good yeah that i've got the greatest shooters of all time and i expect them to respond going home and Mm -hmm. playing in front of that huge home crowd advantage and now you have home court so if you lose every single game in memphis for the rest of the series you can still win the series by winning all your home games i mean i expected this game to go or the series to go six games so it it doesn't surprise me that i picked memphis to win last night yeah doesn't surprise me that they're going to get a couple games here or there but 
again, over the course of a seven-game series, I think the Warriors are going to find a way to to grind this one out, to use a Memphis term. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. What's up, Gotham? Good to see you here. Welcome, welcome. Uh, Just a heads up for you guys that are watching right now. um, No games tomorrow, but we will be doing a podcast here and one on Royal Rebound, so make sure you guys keep your eyes out for that and hit that notification bell so you will be notified. All right, Calvin, let's talk about this Dylan Brooks thing. You know, Dylan Brooks has been really important for the Memphis Grizzlies this season and last season. You want to have guys on your team that are able to take these hard fouls, maybe not trying to injure people, but, you know, committing hard fouls, letting people know you're there. They're not getting easy layups, easy buckets, stuff like that. It's tough to have this be one of your best players uh, because then he's not available for you through the rest of the game. But let's talk about this foul. Uh, you know, I watched the replay a couple times this morning just to kind of see it again. I want to see a couple more angles on it. It looked like he was going for the ball. I don't think he was trying to hurt him, um, but he did make contact with the head. There was the windup. There was excessive contact. He got ejected. What are your thoughts on that foul? Well, I, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm not exactly sure he was going for the ball on this play. Okay. I mean, it, it it's easy to to make it look like you're going for the ball if you have no chance of getting the ball. Yeah. It, it, right? Like, this this play, I, I'm start, starting to lean towards the this was a dirty play. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I don't want to... I, I'm not going to use that phrase, I guess, because it, it's tough. It, it is playoff basketball, and there is, you know, there is this rule once you get into playoff basketball, no easy buckets, no layups, no mm-hmm. wide-open stuff at the rim, all that stuff. But for for me, I, I don't think that he had a chance to make a play on the ball here, and I think he knew that. Yeah. So the the result was what you saw. I'm going to just make contact Mm -hmm. unfortunately it and it winds up in him getting hurt you know i've definitely seen harder or worse fouls committed yeah but i just go back to the fact that i don't think he had a chance at making a play on the ball here so he did what he thought the only thing he could have done and that's hit him hard yeah yeah it's tough right because you know if you're the memphis grizzlies coach you're probably telling guys, make them feel you, right? Be physical out there. No easy buckets. Um, I, I get what you're saying. For me, I, I see both sides again. It, it's just, you know, his arm was up. It looked like he was trying to go for the ball, but you're right. You know, when you have no chance, you do. It wasn't the same as, like, what we saw earlier this year between Jokic and, and uh, Morris, right, where he just comes up and straight oh, decks yeah. the guy in a yeah. non-basketball play, right? Like, he at least made it look or appear like he was going for the ball. We don't know him. We don't know his intent, right, that we were talking about on the last show, about yeah. what the intent is. Uh, obviously, uh, Dylan Brooks is not known for kicking people in the nuts over and over like Draymond Green, so maybe he gets the benefit of the doubt. He does get ejected in that game. We haven't heard anything from the league office, uh, and it's always hitting. It's always tough hitting guys while they're in the air, right? Yeah. Do you think we'll see a suspension from this? That's a tough question to answer. If I had to guess, I'm going to say no. 
Um, you know, I, I feel like if he was going to get suspended, we might have already heard about it. And it's a hard line to draw, right? Because Draymond doesn't get suspended yeah. for his hit in mm-hmm. game one. So now if you suspend Dylan Brooks, I, I feel like there's a there's the worry that that might escalate things even more in the series, right? You're gonna, you're asking for more hard fouls. If you don't suspend no, him? No, if you do suspend him. Oh, okay. But you I would don't think it's, suspend the other I guy. think it's the other way around. If you... You know, sometimes when things are escalating as the league, you have to make a stance here like, hey, next person that does this is getting suspended. Otherwise, it could snowball out of control, right? I don't know. I could see it both ways, you know, because if you suspend one guy and not the other, then the Grizzlies are going to feel like they got slighted, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, It's kind of like, it's not the same thing, but it's kind of like intentionally hitting somebody with a pitch in baseball, right? Yep. What's the very next thing that's going to happen? The other team's going to come out, and they're going to brush back the very next batter they see. Mm-hmm. So you're you're right. There is, I think the refs do have to um, take all of this into account now for Game 3. They've got to be very, very careful because in those first five minutes of the game, we might see some yep. very physical play, um, and they need to make sure that it doesn't get out of control or escalate higher than that. Um, but this, in this particular moment, I, I don't feel like this was a true basketball play. He, he didn't okay. try to meet him at the rim. He knew he wasn't going to get there in time. So what do you do instead? Knock the guy down. Yeah. I definitely think this series is going to get a lot more physical. Uh, just like we mentioned before, I, I think the more physical team is probably going to win this series. Um, and that's probably going to be Golden State, in my opinion. But we'll see what happens here. What do you think about the Draymond Green foul? Uh, or it wasn't a foul. It wasn't even called a foul. But he yeah. gets elbowed in the face uh, by Tillman, has to get stitches, uh, leaves the court flipping people off. Uh, you know, if you want to talk about anybody fanning the flames of a fire – Draymond Green just continues to uh, oh, he always increase will. his reputation he as this will. guy, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that play, it's unfortunate, right? But Xavier Tillman is going for a ball out of bounds. Maybe he knew Draymond Green's head was right behind him, but I, I have trouble thinking about it. All he's thinking about in that moment is trying to save the ball, right? Yeah. And we've reached a day and age where we saw it in the Milwaukee series. I mean, it felt like every play they were stopping that game to check to see if the criteria was met for a flagrant foul. Mm -hmm. That's just the way we've, or what we've come to here. Any contact to the head or the midsection is going to get reviewed, right? So, and he, he very clearly gets elbowed hard in the face. Yep. But those two plays are very different to me. I, I, don't think Xavier Tillman was even thinking about Draymond Green in that moment, whereas Mm -hmm. Dylan Brooks, again, knows he's not going to be able to stop that play cleanly. So I need to make sure that I knock him down and make contact so that he doesn't even get the shot up. Mm -hmm. Very different in my mind. What do you think about Draymond's reaction? It's totally Draymond, right? Like uh, I would expect nothing less from him. You think he just gets fined by the NBA and they move on and that's it and it's over? Probably. I think it's the same thing that we saw with Kyrie Irving, you know. Yeah. And Draymond even said, "I make twenty-five million a year. I'll be yeah. all right." Yeah. 
I'll be all right. Oh man, this series is just getting better, Calvin. <laughs> it's it's almost like it's turning into a like a WWE. Uh, Draymond Green is the heel, yelling at everybody, flipping people off. Um, he definitely seems like a guy that loves to dish it out. I think he can take it back as well. Um, but we'll see what happens uh, when this series goes back to Memphis um, because I have a feeling it's going to get worse. Yeah, it, the first five minutes of Game 3 will be pretty interesting to watch. Yeah, they, they really will be. All right, any more thoughts on this uh, Warriors-Grizzlies game before we move on here? Buckle up. It's going to be an exciting series. And you you taking Golden State in Game 3? Yeah, I'll pick uh, the Warriors to win Game 3. All right. All right. That's yesterday's games. Let's talk about today's games. We have two awesome games today. First off, the 76ers are still in Miami to take on the Heat for Game 2. They lost uh, the first game. Um, They got whooped in the first game. Here they are back. Uh, No Joel Embiid in this game. Miami's favored by eight. I'm looking at the updated injury report here. It's got Kyle Lowry out, Joel Embiid out, and apparently everybody else on the Miami Heat is going to be ready to play in this game. So just like last time. Just like last time. This game is in Miami. Uh, What are your thoughts? Well, I got my Dwayne Wade Miami Heat jersey on today. They're yep. turning up the heat on Philadelphia. I, I think Miami wins this game again. It's going to be a, a similar type of game uh, to game one where Miami just has too much, too many options, um, and over the course of the 48 minutes, they're going to wear down this Philadelphia team that has no bench whatsoever, nothing uh, mm-hmm. you know, really to help them out. Maxie and Harden have to explode, have big yep. games. Tobias Harris has to score uh, you know, probably more than 20 again for them to stay in this. And I don't like Doc Rivers buckling down on his decision to start DeAndre Jordan. I think that's a mistake. Um, so expect Bam Adebayo to be feasting early on again. Yeah, on that subject, Techno Peasants got a good question here. What are your thoughts on Doc Rivers? Is he being unfairly treated or is he a questionable coach? Um, I think he's probably being unfairly treated a little bit. Uh, you know, is it the, the question is, is it a coincidence that his teams are, are the ones, you know, going back over the course of NBA history that have uh, mm-hmm. trouble closing out these series? It's a nice way to say it, you know, but. <laughs> I do think that what Doc Rivers said, even though he did get it wrong about losing to the eventual NBA champions that one year, I think there's a lot of truth to what he said. Some of it is, yes, you need to be better in certain situations, but a lot of it is circumstances. I mean, health plays a huge, huge role. Um, Unfortunately, it always will in Mm -hmm. playoff basketball. And, you know, when you're the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference and you're up 3-1, yeah. you're not supposed to win that series. So you're playing against the better team. Like, uh, you know, I, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is, no, I don't think Doc Rivers is a bad coach, basically. Yeah, I mean, he's not a bad coach, but is he this great coach that he's touted as? I mean... We talk about championships. He, he won a championship. He won one in Boston. 
That's a lot more than a a lot of other coaches. Three Hall of Famers. uh, Okay, but Phil Jackson won uh, 11 championships with a ton of Hall of Famers. Yeah, so he did it more than So did Red Auerbach. So did Pat Riley. Yeah. I mean, these guys that we think of as the Mount Rushmore of coaches, don't Mm -hmm. give me that they didn't have the same type of talent on their team to win. They've won multiple. Yes, but... (laughs) Doc Rivers won one. How many years did he roll out that roster? Yes, they dealt with injuries to KG. Not nearly as many years as Phil Jackson rolled out Scottie Pippen and Mike Jordan. That's true. Then Ray Allen left. Then they had to face the Heat. Then he goes to L.A., Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, uh, Chris Paul. I think he underperformed there. It is the Clippers, right, where everyone's like doesn't (laughs) expect the Clippers to win anything. But I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Doc Rivers. I... I hate how much he argues about every single call, but I guess you could say that about most coaches, right? That they just argue. I think that's a coach thing. Um, I met the guy once, very nice guy, um, when he was here celebrating his son's championship with Duke. But I don't know. I'm so mixed on Doc Rivers. I, I like the guy personally, but I don't know if he is like one of the best coaches in the NBA. Yeah, I don't. Man, I don't know. That's tough. I, I would certainly take him as my coach over a lot of other coaches in the NBA right now. Yeah. All right, back back on the game. Enough about Doc Rivers. Uh, but this, I mean, this game to me is already over. Hopefully Miami is not looking at it that way. But I already see this game is over. Um, I think Miami wins this game easily. Uh, more than 12, Calvin. Um, more than 12, okay. But uh, I, you know I what think, that means. <laughs> I think they win this game. I think they head back to Philadelphia up 2-0. Uh, I think Philadelphia has absolutely no chance to win this game without Joel Embiid. I agree. Or any game in this series without I Joel I agree. Embiid. They need him really, really badly. And a lot of it, unfortunately, is because James Harden is not the same James Harden. Yeah. Yeah, we posted a video about that. So if you guys have any more interest about, uh, you know, James Harden and what our thoughts are on him taking over games, you can check out the video we posted, uh, I think, two days ago. But, yeah, a- any other thoughts on this game? Miami's it, only favored by... Hot. S- it's too hot in Miami. They're only favored by seven and a half now instead of eight. Uh, that's fine. I'll take it. Take the spread in this game. All right, Miami's Miami's winning this one. Okay, second game of the day, we have Dallas heading to Phoenix to take on the Suns. The Suns are up 1-0 in this series. Luka Doncic had an amazing game one. Will he have an amazing game two? I'm looking here at the injury report. It is empty. Phoenix is favored by six in this game. They are at home. Uh, Devin Booker seems to be back to his old self or close to it. What are your thoughts? Well, just like I think that the number one seed in the Eastern Conference is going to have their way in this game, I, I, I'm i sorry, Mike, but again, I, I just think that Dallas is severely overmatched in this series. Luka is going to be great. Part of that is because the, the way the Suns are playing them, they're going to take 40 points from Luka if it means Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, combined for less than 20 or whatever it was in game one. Yeah. And too much DeAndre Ayton inside. Uh, I, I just think the Suns are too complete a team offensively and defensively. Dallas is it has been a really, really good defensive team all year, but they don't match up well with this team. And 
Phoenix can score from anywhere on the court if they continue to get the the side contributions from guys like Jay Crowder and Cam Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, this series, I think, is it, it could be a sweep. Honestly, uh, maybe Dallas gets one game, but I, I don't see him getting really more than than one in this series. That's funny. I'm looking at both games today as kind of similar, uh, based on the fact that Miami and Phoenix are both going to feast inside. Uh, you know, yes. Philadelphia is missing Joel Embiid. They're a much different team without Joel Embiid. I think that Dallas, at this point, without Joel Embiid, Dallas is a better team than Philadelphia. If James Harden were to be his old self, James Harden, then they're basically the same team at this point. But I think that Miami and Phoenix both win today easily uh, just based on the fact that they can score, like you said, from anywhere on the court. They have a dominating presence inside. And uh, they have a superstar or two on their roster uh, that can take control of this game. I know Dallas has Doncic, and he's probably he's probably the best player on the court between Dallas and Phoenix, and that's that's kind of tough. Um, but other than him, you know, there's a bunch of role players on that team. Some good role players, but they don't match up against a team that just went to the NBA Finals, a team that has one of the best point guards, if not the best point guard of all time, and just all these other weapons. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Phoenix is just, they're too good a team. They've been the best team in the NBA all year long, Uh, you know, even better than Milwaukee, you know, for regular season from start to finish. Um, And, yeah, the Dallas got offensively, they got pretty much everything they wanted in game one. They hit 16 threes. Luca goes off. Um, you know, Maxi Kleber has a really, really good game as well. Mm-hmm. But it, it's still not enough because they can't stop this team from scoring. Yeah. It, DeAndre Ayton can get any shot he wants at any time. He's so good at running the floor. Um, and he just seals guys, you know, that have no business trying to guard him five feet away from the basket. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, just to be clear here, Miami and Phoenix are my overwhelming choices to go to the finals. So uh, I'm picking both of those easily. What's up, Ivan? Uh, Yeah, Doc Rivers did throw his Orlando Magic roster under the bus. Um, You're picking the Heat tonight. Who are you picking? Phoenix as well. Asha wants to know if the Mavericks should throw Boban out there. Uh, dude can dunk without even jumping. He can. He can also reach anything on the the uh, grocery the mustard aisle. He can reach the, the mustard on the top shelf. Um, it, we've seen Boban dominate in the past. He's just so big. He doesn't have the dominate. energy to play that long of a game, right? Like he can't yeah, stay you, on the court long enough. You can't play him forty minutes in a game. There's no way yeah. uh, that can happen. It, it's probably not a a bad idea to at least try to play him for some minutes maybe against JaVale McGee when they bring him off the bench or something like that Um, I still think DeAndre if you try to put Boban on DeAndre Ayton they're just going to get him the ball 15 17 feet away from the basket one jab step and he's right by him for a dunk every time so that that doesn't solve the the problem I think if you're Dallas but I do think that they could probably get 10, 12 points inside by feeding Boban the ball on the offensive end of the floor, but what's he going to do on the defensive end of the floor? Uh, I like Boban a lot. He just doesn't have the mobility 
And uh, dude's old now, right? He's he's like our age. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> why you gotta go there? Age I, is just a number. I also heard that Asha got a Bobon NFT. Oh, is that right? So shout out okay. to Asha. Shout out to Bobon. Okay. And uh, NFTs are a, are the future, right? A Top Shot, an NBA Top Shot, or no? The association. So they oh, released okay. a collection yeah, yeah. for the playoffs yeah. that apparently update based on how well the team does and how well the player does. So maybe Asha's just trying to pump her own bags here by putting she Bobon in the game. Be. We need some dunks from Bobon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's crazy <laughs> though, get man. His stats up. Could you imagine dunking without jumping? No, I can't imagine that at all. That's crazy. Have you seen a picture of him him and his wife? Yeah. It is wild, dude. I, yeah, I, that's pretty funny. I feel so bad for her. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see here. Let's open it up to Q&A to end the show here. So if you guys have any questions, Calvin has answers. I will try and have answers. Uh, but anything else you guys want to talk about, we're open here, uh, and we'll talk about it. As we mentioned, no games tomorrow, um, but we will be live tomorrow, both on this channel and Royal Rebounds, breaking down the games that happened today. We're going to talk a little bit about the Sacramento Kings coaching search again, <laughs> again. Uh, you know, because we have some new information um, to talk about. And then we're also going to give you guys, you know, some some uh, thoughts on what to expect on May 17th for our draft lottery party. Uh, Calvin's going to be DJing. We're going to be here in the studio. We're going to be having a great time. And hopefully, Calvin, the Kings can win the number one pick in the draft lottery. We shall see. That would be huge. Huge. All right. Uh, Emmy Adoka and Will Hardy brought them back. I, I'm curious, Techno Peasant, what what exactly about Emi Adoka's game plan in Game 2 was different? Calvin, I, I see a, a comment here about Jason Kidd, and it, it kind of just sparked something in me. You know, we saw this is Jason Kidd's third coaching stint, right? I think we both agreed that when he got hired with Brooklyn, it was a little early for him. I think he retired. He was on the Knicks one year, and then the very next year he was the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, then he goes to Milwaukee. I know uh, Giannis said that he was his favorite coach that he's ever had, was very disappointed when he got fired. Now he's here in Dallas. Uh, what have you seen from Jason Kidd as far as coaching wise, has he gotten better? Do you like what you see? Um, where would you rank him as a head coach in the NBA? Ooh, that, that's tough. Um, I, I like Jason Coach as a kid. I, I liked him as a coach, you know, even early on. I, I just think that he maybe wasn't quite ready. Uh, you know, he needed to to learn or go through a, a full season um, and, and figure things out. He's obviously a very smart guy, um, and what he's done with this Dallas roster this year I think is very impressive. Yeah, The fact that they were a really highly rated defensive efficiency team all season long, they pretty much played this season with one guy 
I mean, Jalen Brunson is, was huge for them in that opening round series, um, but he didn't give them that all season long. So, yeah, I, I think he's a, gr- a very good coach. Would you rank him better I, than Doc Techno Rivers? Pheasant, I noticed that Boston was making all their threes in game two. I'm not sure that the game plan itself was different, though. Um, I, I think that they, they made threes in game two and they missed threes in game one. That, that was the biggest difference that I saw from Boston. Jason Kidd a better coach <clears throat> than Doc Rivers? Is Jason Kidd a better coach than Doc Rivers? Oof, I don't know. Better player. Yes, better player. Doc Rivers is a pretty good player, though. He's no Jason Kidd. He's, uh, I'm not saying he's Jason Kidd, but he's, he was no slouch as a player. Interesting stuff brought up about Jason Kidd by D'Lo and Casey. Not good stuff. Worse than anything Mark Jackson has been accused of. I mean, we've heard the rumors about Jason Kidd berating people uh, and stuff like that. I don't really know. I I don't know. For sure they were making more threes, but they were not shooting um, upon the first pass, though, during the first half last night. So they're moving the ball more? Is that what you're saying? I, I do think that they're, they were definitely looking to – it was obvious that their game plan was let's spread the floor, try to get the ball into the corner, penetrate from there, and then use that to kick out to another guy from three. I, I don't necessarily think that that game plan was that much different from game one, though. They, they did a better job of executing in game two. To, to say that the, the whole plan itself was different, I'm not so sure I agree with that. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you're a coach and you're playing a team in the playoffs that you're facing multiple times, like it, it's not really the first time that you've seen that team, right? So you already have an idea of what you want to do to beat the team or to play your best against that team. Like, You've played that team, what, they played four times during the regular season. I think they split the games 2-2. Milwaukee actually won the game in March without Chris Middleton and without Giannis. Um, I know it's a regular season game and the playoffs are much different, but I guess what I'm getting at here is that if you're the coach of the Boston Celtics, you already know what you want from your team to beat this Milwaukee Bucks team you are going to make adjustments but they're not going to be huge adjustments that just you know greatly change your style of player the things that you do there are little minute adjustments where you're like okay I saw a matchup that I liked in this first half of this game I want to take advantage of that more Um, you're basically looking at game footage and you're telling your players hey this was the system we wanted to play. This is what you did. This I either liked it or I didn't. We need to do this more. We need to do this less. It's not so much of like making these huge changes. It's little things. And I think that they were a little bit more physical in game two. But I agree with Calvin. They made shots. And the game plan is never to let's make more shots. That's just something that happens. Maybe they did something to help them get in a better flow, a better rhythm. Uh, Maybe they did little things like setting uh, more picks and screens to get guys open for better shots. But, uh, yeah, I agree with Calvin here. The main difference that I saw in that game was Boston made shots and Milwaukee did not. 
Yeah. Uh, now, I do agree with you 100% here, Techno Peasant, that defensively, I think they did make some good adjustments from game one to game two, in particular what you're saying about not doubling Giannis as much, basically telling Grant Williams, okay, man, this, this is your responsibility. We're going to leave you on an island here. And Grant Williams responded big time. He was really, really good. He seems to be the only person on this team that can – stand his ground uh, against somebody like Giannis. Horford can a little bit, but Grant Williams had a fantastic offensive and defensive game. So I definitely agree with that. And 100%. he and he was not like in the huddle, okay, guys, we need to get Grant Williams more shots. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was not the game plan. It just happens. And sometimes you got to ride with the hot hand. And that that's what happened. Oh, they for, for sure rode with the hot hand. And and they made a lot of contested shots, too. Jason Tatum, in particular, hit some really, really tough shots in that second half. Um, and, uh, yeah, I agree with what you're saying here about Udoka and Kid. you know, just in general as coaches. The, what they've done, you know, over the course of the season, both teams, you know, got to their spots in different ways. Boston was real bad early on this year. They blew a ton of leads mm-hmm. early on in the season. They definitely corrected all that stuff. They found their identity defensively um, and really gelled together as a team. And a lot of that should be giving credit. A lot of that credit should go to Ime Udoka, Yeah, for sure. Are you still taking Milwaukee to win the series? I am still taking Milwaukee to win the series. Yeah. I think, I think they so fe- I, they will f- make some adjustments as well offensively, uh, particularly I think using Giannis in the pick and roll because they're not going to uh, to help off of him at all. So that's going to be a way that they free up some open shots for other guys. They've got to find a way to get more contribution um, from this from the supporting cast of this team. Yeah, yeah, and I, I also got to say Jason Tatum looked like a completely different player. I know he had 29 points in this game, but in the first round, Jason Tatum looked like an absolute superstar. He looked like, well, we were talking about the new face of the league. This dude was going to be the best player. I haven't seen that in this in these limited two games so far. Uh, it'll be interesting to see whether he can be that guy again. I do think he will in the long run, but is he quite at that level yet or is he ascending to that level i think that he needs to be that guy for them to win this series shout out to dan here oh yeah thanks dan oh he wants uh, ivan wants to know your thoughts on the gary payton foul again um well yeah i mean real quickly basically what i was saying is that I'm not sure I'm going to go as far to say it was a dirty play. It's unfortunate what happened to Gary Payton for sure. But I haven't been in situations like that before where a guy is on a fast break and you're trying to run him down and make a play. You know pretty quickly whether or not you're going to be able to actually make a play on the ball or not. Dylan Brooks, I think, realized that he wasn't going to get there in time, so his thought process is I've got to make contact and make sure that he doesn't finish the shot for an and one. Yeah. Basically. It it was an intentional foul. And yeah, to your point on dirty play, right? Like dirty play. If you're a dirty player, you're trying to hurt somebody 
versus trying to foul somebody on purpose. I don't think he was trying to hurt him, but I think he was definitely trying to hit him and make him feel it. I mean, is that supposed to be in today's game? No, but there's also an intentional foul in basketball. That's what that was. Maybe that was a little beyond that because he definitely took him out, made him want to feel it, but I don't think he was trying to hurt him. Um, let's see. Do you guys think Giannis is by far the best player in the league like Chuck? That that one I'm not so sure I agree with Chuckster on. I think he can be. It, even if he is the best player in the league, I don't think that it's by far. There's yeah. a lot of really, really good players in the league. There, it can't be, uh, he can't be head and shoulders above everybody else in the league. I mean, first he is, of all, he's not a good enough shooter yeah, to be the yeah. to be flat out far and away the best That's player the thing in the for league. me. That's the thing for me. Uh, yeah, is is he? He has an athletic advantage over everybody in the league. Yes, um, can he do things that many people in the league cannot do? Yes, but until he improves his shooting and becomes a dead eye shooter. He will not be the best player in the league, for my opinion. Uh, is he right now? Probably. Um, but it's not like the gap is not this much for me. It's part of the reason I feel like why Jason Tatum can become that guy is because he has that ability. Um, it's not always the biggest, strongest, fastest guy. But Giannis definitely has a ton of advantages. What's up, Key Kings? Good to see you here. Um, who do I think, then? Some good questions here, you guys. I'm liking this. Kyle, who's your favorite play-by-play and color commentator? So, for play-by-play, I, I think i got to go with Mike Breen. Yeah. I mean... Bang! You, yeah, you love the bang. <laughs> um, I, I think he's... He's just the best, in my opinion. I love listening to him call games. Uh, as far as color commentator, that's tough. I, I like a few different people, um, and I I think he hasn't done many games yet, but J.J. Redick is really rising on my list of people to listen to when it comes to talking about basketball, just in general, whether he's doing a game or he's you know yeah. completely shutting down Screaming A. Smith on first take. <laughs> I, I absolutely love that. So I like J.J. Redick a lot. I also like Reggie Miller. I, you know, I, I'm going to give a shout-out to Reggie. I, I don't agree with everything that he says, but I, I like listening to him do games. Yeah, it's really hard for me to choose as well. I like a lot of those guys. I, I actually really enjoy listening uh, to Mark Jackson. Um, I like Mark Jones. Um, the Mark Jackson-Jeff Van Gundy combo is great. Yeah, yeah. They're really, really good yeah. together. And I even like listening to Stan Van Gundy, too. He's funny. Yeah, he's hilarious, I like too. Stan. Um, but one guy that I really did enjoy a lot was Steve Kerr. I thought he did a wonderful yeah. job. Yeah. And I was actually disappointed when he got a head coaching job because uh, I thought that he brought some great insights. So if, if Giannis is not the best player, who would you put above him, Calvin? That's tough. I knew somebody was going to bring that up. I don't know. <laughs> I, I really have to think about this a lot. You know, it, to me, there's there are a lot of player, really, really talented players in the league right now, and there a lot of them are you know great at different things from each other. 
Um, I'm going to give LeBron some love here. Do I think that he's still the number one best player in the NBA? Probably not. I think that that time has officially come and gone. Um, But I think he's still top five to ten in the NBA for sure. Oh, he's higher than that. So that's that's hard. I mean, there's there's a lot of guys, like even Paul George, you know. Do I think he's the best player in the NBA? No, I don't. But he is... To me, to be the best player in the league, you have to do everything. You've got to be a great defender. You've got to be a great offensive player. Um, and, you know, so those two-way players, like even Kawhi. I mean, we haven't seen Kawhi Leonard play in a long time now. Mm-hmm. Who knows what he's going to look like when he comes back from his injury. But there's some some really fine players in the NBA today. So I, I'll, I will think about that answer, and I'll have a list for you um, tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, it really is so hard to choose. Um, You know, I I saw moments this season where you're looking at Kevin Durant, you're like, this guy's the best player in the NBA. And then we also saw moments where he was not that guy. Uh, I think LeBron James, you know, I've watched LeBron for so long. It it sucks that he's on the Lakers now. Uh, But, I mean, if if you're going to say – if I had to pick one guy to win a game seven for my team and that's what I'm counting as the best player in the league, it might be LeBron James. If LeBron's healthy and locked in, I still think that there's nothing the dude can't do. Um, but at the same time, seeing performances by like the amazing things that Luka Doncic has done, seeing guys like Ja Morant, like there's just certain moments where you're like, wow, it's not an easy cut and dry situation now of like this guy is the best player in the league because there was a solid 10 years there where it was like, nope, LeBron's the best player in the league by far. And it's oh, yeah. not like that anymore. Yeah. It's not like and that. that one wasn't really that close, in my opinion. Oh, my God. There goes that man. <laughs> yeah, Reggie Miller's pretty legit. Yeah, I like Reggie. I like Reggie. Steph Curry. See, we talked about this yesterday with Steph Curry, man. Best shooter of all time, but he's not in the GOAT talk for me. He's not. He's he's never been the best player in the league, in my opinion. He hasn't even been the best player on his own team in the finals. Like, I don't know. No finals MVPs for me. Yes, he's got some rings. He's got a unanimous MVP award. But like Calvin said, you got to be able to do it on all sides Steph of the Curry's ball. a great player. He, he really is. Um, I I don't know. I agree. I don't know if I would ever at any point in Steph's career consider him the best player in the NBA, though. Was he the best player on the Warriors when they beat Cleveland for the championship? Not the first time. Without Kevin Durant. With Kevin Durant. No, Kevin Durant was the best player on that team. Without Kevin Durant, he was the best player on that team? Yeah, I would probably... Give him that. I, I mean, Clay Thompson is Clay Thompson is so good, though. Or I mean, he was so so good at that moment when he was able to completely shut down the other team's best player and go for forty in, yeah. in a game. You know, he was so good. But that's you know, it's it's so hard. It's like picking straws. Yeah. You know, or they or, were a uh, great team. Team success is is obviously way different than individual greatness, I would say. Hey, Ivan, don't put that shit out there, man. (laughs) 
<laughs> I support I support anybody as the head coach of the Kings if Monty chooses that person. But I, I'm not saying Mark Jackson, Van Gundy, you know, like we'll see what happens. Uh, I've already said who my guy was a while ago, and I don't even know if I believe in that anymore. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, let's see. I like this question about Clay. Barry and I were actually just talking about this before we came on the air here. Yeah, we do talk basketball when we're off the air. We do. You want to I'll let you start. I'll let you start out. Well, basically what what I was saying, you know, is um basically to to answer the question, I think it's a slump. Um I think f- not just for Clay, but for this whole Warriors team, we have to keep in mind that they haven't been in this situation in a while. So, yeah, they, they got roughed up and bumped around um, and maybe knocked off their game a little bit last night. But I have total confidence in these individual guys and this team being able to respond from that. And in uh, the, the opening round series against Denver, Clay had a 20, what was it, Barry? 26-point game, 32-point game. Yeah. Um, so he's had good performances in this postseason He's already. averaging like 20 points a game on 38% shooting from three. Yeah, I mean, those are good, yeah. good numbers. He's not where he he needs to be defensively yet in terms of, you know, what he used to be able to do on the defensive side. But it's clear to me that he knows exactly where to be still. He's just a step slow. Yeah. Um, and offensively, yeah, he had a rough night last night. He didn't shoot very well at all. Two of 12 from three is, is pretty rough. But um, I, I think he's over since he's come back, he's found his rhythm again offensively, um, and I I believe in Clay and Steph coming back and having big games in games three and four. Yeah, I think Calvin's a little bit more optimistic about uh, Clay than I am, uh, just based on the fact that the dude's getting older, man. He just turned thirty-two years old. He dealt with a ton of injuries. He's got a lot of miles on his body from all those playoff appearances. Um, he played 32 games this season. You got to think that he's dealing with some fatigue at this point. The playoffs are a different animal. Uh, he led the Warriors in minutes last night. Yeah. 41 minutes. Yeah. And he looked every bit of it. <laughs> but so what I'm saying is, is he still going to be able to shoot the three ball? Yes. He had a bad shooting night. Yes. He'll be able to come back from that. But as the playoffs go on here, I'm a little concerned about how he's going to hold up. Uh, because he hasn't been in this environment for a long time. And the Warriors need him to be a really good player for them to win a championship. Can o- he be that guy? Over under 23 points in Game 3 for Clay. I'm going to go with under. I'll take the over. 23 and a half. Okay, I'll take the over. Okay, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I like Clay. Amazing player. It's just he's getting old, man. Father time's undefeated. Uh, he's done. What's the one thing that ages better than anything else though in the NBA? Shooting, but not defense. That's yes, I agree with you. Not defense. Although, how many points did Desmond Bain score in game two? I think five. Five. Yeah, not good. Clay was the primary defender on him for most of the game. I love the randomness of twenty-three points. Yeah. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah, is I, I did pull that number out of nowhere, but I'm taking the average. I didn't want to go too high. He's averaging you know, 20. over under thirty is kind of ridiculous, but yeah, he's averaging twenty. I'll take the average. I'll just, I'll just play the average. I'm just the average kind of guy, I guess. 
All right, guys, we're going to wrap up the show. Unless there's anything else you'd like to discuss, Calvin? Uh, no, I mean, I think it's up to the people, right, at this point. If you guys have any any other questions, speak now or, or hold your peace. Yeah, we got this game starting here in about 15 minutes. All right. Okay, last call. Here we go. All right. Yeah, I mean, exciting games, dude. I, I'm really excited. But, yeah, Clay Thompson, he's not scoring 23. Okay. Or maybe maybe he'll have 23, but we said at 23 and a half. Okay. So. All right, guys, we're going to close it down here. Thank you so much. Please uh, close out your tabs. We appreciate you all for joining us. Make sure you guys hit that like button. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. If you guys have not entered in our contest to win the Fanatics gift card, make sure you go to our channel page, watch that video. It's very, very short. It's got some instructions on how to enter in to win the $250 Fanatics gift card. Uh, at this pace, uh, that's going to be, what, a jersey or a half a jersey in a couple months <laughs> with the way inflation's going. It's really crazy. But thank you guys so much for watching. We will see you all tomorrow on this channel, and we will also be on Royal Rebounds as well. So thank you guys. Have a wonderful day. Enjoy basketball. And as always, don't forget to tip your bartender.